Well, good morning everyone. Uh, great to see you. We've got another change of scenery. We're now uh, welcome to the study and uh, we hope this morning as we look at God's Word that you uh, encounter Him in a fresh way. So we're going to open up the Bible. We're going to read a few verses and uh, we have been going through words that Jesus has spoke. So uh, since lockdown really we thought it'd be good to look at passages in the Bible where Jesus has spoken, what he said, what what that has meant for us and, and try to apply that uh, into our weeks and we are kind of still doing that but picking up on a, a teaching series we started at the beginning of the year on prayer. So if you remember way back, I think it was around February time, we started with a little introduction session on prayer. I think it was called Prayer and Introduction. I, that I did and then Mary led a session on how to pray for each other which might need adapted now with social distancing in mind but if you uh, want to please feel free to listen to those we don't have videos unfortunately for those but you can check them out on all good podcast apps and I'm sure a few rubbish ones as well if you search Inverness Vineyard Sunday Talks and you'll get access to that and just subscribe to that because then you'll get uh, notifications when the talks come through and you might find it helpful through the week to listen again uh, to what was said on Sunday. So uh, we're looking at prayer. I, I want to start uh, this this morning by chatting about my first uh, job, at, well it wasn't my first job, my first church-based job back in 2010. Back in 2010 I left uh, Santander, left the bank as a mortgage advisor and a financial advisor and I became a youth pastor. And a couple of Sundays in uh, to doing that role, it was it was all new. I got handed a blank page and uh, there was a bunch of young people around the church. But a couple of Sundays in, I got asked uh, or I got told, uh, you're leading, you're on the rota for the evening service. So I'm going to be leading the evening service. I'd never done anything like that before. And I was just a tad nervous. I was just a little bit nervous. And just to add to that occasion, uh, I found out, I got a text that afternoon on the Sunday that the BBC were coming and I thought, wow, this is a big deal, my first service. It, it wasn't because of that. Uh, they were looking at churches in Scotland that were growing and uh, they came into it was City Church as, as it was known as and they'd done some interviews with folks. So not only was it my first Sunday leading, but it was also I had national television in the mix as well. So I thought, oh man, I better get a good shirt out. And the first few times I spoke, just to make my mother proud, I got one of those skinny ties to wear. So I was looking, I mean, back in 2010, that was a cool look, the skinny tie and the shirt, top button opened. And uh, a week or two before then, I got an email. I got an email which laid out the structure of the evening, some instructions, and the rest is history. The rest is history. I was on telly. Granted, it was in the background but uh, you could see my blurred Czech shirt in the background. So uh, one of my few claim to fames that I hold dear to. Back in 2013, we had moved to Ellen, just north of Aberdeen, and we had a lovely living room that needed a couch. So we bought a corner sofa. We bought it from Ikea, and uh, we got some Billy bookcases, which are a given when you go into Ikea. We got some drawers as well, and loads of cutlery things. You always come out with loads of little ninky little, I don't know, little things, little dinky things that uh, 
you have in your kitchen and you end up using once. But anyway, I got a friend over to build the couch and he threw away the instructions. He just knew what he was doing. But I needed the instructions for the bookcase and the drawers and it took me about four hours to complete the bookcase and another four hours to complete the drawers. And then in 2014, I married a couple of dear friends. It was my first wedding that I had the absolute honour and privilege of officiating and I was really nervous. I spoke to friends who were wedding veterans who had been there before and led services, marriage ceremonies. And they passed on some of their frameworks and order of services. And thankfully, my friends got legally married. We managed to just about see it legally through uh, for their wedding ceremony. Or as far as I'm aware, it was legal. So why am I telling you this random potted history uh, of my life, these random events? Let me tell you the tedious link. Framework is important. Instruction is important in all sorts of different ways in our lives. And as we take a few weeks to look at prayer, we see here a framework in the passage that we're going to look at. An instruction sheet, uh, if you want to call it that, given by Jesus to his buddies, to his disciples on how to pray. And it's important that Jesus shared this framework. Uh, C.S. Lewis says this, The moment you wake up each morning, all your wishes and hopes for the day rush at you like wild animals. What a picture that is. And the first job each morning for all of us consists in shoving it all back, in listening to that other voice, taking that other point of view, letting that other, larger, stronger, quieter life come flowing in. The Lord's Prayer acts as that other point of view, as that reminder. You see, the Lord's Prayer as words are great to pray. They're good words to pray. But Jesus, in the passage that we're going to look at, is communicating a model of prayer. He's communicating a framework of prayer, an instruction sheet for prayer. And uh, when we pray, when we pray. And the line that we are going to look at carries some key points uh, this morning that we're going to dig into. And we're going to journey each line together over the next wee while. And I remember reciting the Lord's Prayer at school. I remember each morning standing up, uh, just after the bell had happened and we got in, got our jackets off, we'd all stand up and we'd recite the Lord's Prayer in unison. And after seven years, it was quite mechanical. And actually, as, as even as we say it now, maybe some of you are saying it through just now, or thinking back to those moments, it can seem quite predictable. We almost have like a, a, a lingo or a musical element to it. We know how it flows. We know how uh, it's to be delivered. I'd love for this next season as we look at the Lord's Prayer to slow it down. And I'd love for it to come alive in a new way. And for us as a church to take and to own the Lord's Prayer into our days and our weeks. So we're going to ask the, the brilliant Emma as if she hasn't been doing enough with George and leading our worship teams. But she's going to read God's Word and read from Matthew chapter 6. I'm starting at verse 9. So over to you, Emma. Morning, church. Um, this morning I'm going to be reading from Matthew chapter 6, verses 9 to 13. And it says this. This, then, is how you should pray. 
Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Amen. Brilliant. Thanks so much, Emma, for reading God's word. This morning, I want to look at the line, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. And in particular, the first two words, Our Father. There's a, a Spanish story, or a story from Spain, of a father and son who had become estranged. The son ran away, the father set off to find him. And the father searched for months, but to no avail. And then finally, in a, a desperate effort to find his son, the father put an advertisement in a Madrid newspaper. And the ad said this, Dear Paco, meet me in front of this newspaper office at noon on Saturday. All is forgiven. I love you, your father. On that Saturday, 800 Pacos showed up looking for forgiveness and love from their fathers. What a picture that is. What a picture that is. Even just saying that story has given me goose pimples. Just feeling God's presence in that. The longing for fathers. The longing for fathers. And there's a phrase that's been living with me for the last few weeks, and it's God being the father to the fatherless. Father to the fatherless. And it's taken from Psalm 68, a book called uh, Psalm, Psalms uh, in the Old Testament. And Psalm 68, verse 5 to 6, says, A father to the fatherless, a defender of widows, is God in his holy dwelling. God sets the lonely in families. And I've been dwelling on that phrase, father to the fatherless. And then we had Father's Day a couple of weeks ago. And someone on that video, when we shared out the little segments to record uh, the prayer, had been meditating on that phrase and had a God moment with that phrase and emailed that they uh, had met God uh, in that. And then uh, Gavin, who's part of our church family, prayed the line, restore the dignity, the strength and the integrity of fatherhood. And then something of that line moved me. It carried weight. It carried a, a rising in me where I was like, yes. Yes, it feels like it could be of God. Now, I don't know all your experiences with your earthly fathers. Some of us here will have or have had really positive experiences. And a lot of what, uh, a lot of what shaped us can come from those experiences. Some of us watching will have had not so good experiences of fathers and that picture of the Pacos all gathering in Madrid will be it will feel a little bit like that desperate for that love we maybe feel a little bit like that and I think what can happen when it comes to our heavenly father is that we can relate these to these experiences in an earthly sense to our perception of a heavenly father we maybe find it tough to understand because our experience was so tough. Or we struggle to look beyond our earthly father because it's been such a positive experience. 
You know, personally, one thing that uh, I've come to understand uh, at times, actually plenty of times, is that I will not get it right when it comes to fatherhood. It's a tough gig. It's a tough gig. Our boys are five, year, five and three years old. And it's a constant learning curve. Actually, when I say that line, uh, I'm pretty dizzy because the curve just keeps going. <laughs> the curve keeps going. It's a learning curve all the time. I'm always on that. There's times that I feel out of my depth. There's times that I get it wrong. I remember holding them both as babies, being completely overwhelmed that I am responsible for this little life. I am responsible for this little life. What? What? I, I'm hardly responsible when it comes to my own life, you know. I am responsible for this little life. There's lots of things that I know I, I'm, I'm quite good at as a father, but there's lots of gaps. You know, I want to just say a line in that we don't worship a God of gaps. We don't worship a heavenly father of gaps. Jesus says to his buddies, his crew, our father. This is how you should pray, our father. And I want to very quickly tell you a story from the Bible that Jesus told about a father and son, which echoes the story of Paco and the father in Madrid. We see it in Luke 15, 11 to 32. I'd love you to go away and meditate on that passage this week. A lot of what I'm drawing from in this short message is from that. Two sons. The younger son grabs his inheritance, asks his father, can I get my inheritance now? Which was a, quite a taboo thing to do, taboo thing to do in that time, to ask for your inheritance when you're, his, when you're a younger son. That's crazy. That's crazy to do it early. He does a runner with his inheritance. He goes and he, he's living la vida loca. Uh, and... Um, that wasn't in my notes. I'm just getting carried away. Living la vida loca. I'm not going to burst into song. But basically, he's living the high life. And then he blows all his money. And he ends up in looking after pigs, feeding pigs. And there's a line in the passage which says uh, he was so hungry, he thought of eating the food. His stomach was, was just yearning for food that he thought about eating the pig's food. And then he thought, I'm going to go back. I'm going to prepare my speech. I'm going to beg for forgiveness. And we see in this encounter, in this passage, one of the purest pictures of when Jesus says, pray our Father. Uh, when I think of that, that line, our Father, this is what I see. This is what I see. This is what I've grown to see. This is what moves me every time. And this is what uh, my hope is that you will see as you pray our Father. Verse 20 says this. So the younger son got up and went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him, was filled for compassion for him. He ran to his son. He threw his arms around him and he kissed him. You see, in the midst of the son's walk of shame, we see the fathers run to embrace the son. He doesn't, the son doesn't have the chance to arrive. The son is perhaps mulling over in his head, what shall I say, how shall I say it, how shall I ask for forgiveness, oh my goodness, how is he going to react? 
the father pursues him. When he sees him, he runs. And just to say on that, to run for him was not a thing you do culturally at that time. He'd have to lift his heavy cloak. It would be a cumbersome thing, but he was pursuing with all he had. People would have seen him and thought, what on earth? You don't do that. The father didn't care. In the midst of the son's walk of shame, the father runs to embrace. You see also in the midst of the son being full of regret, the father pours out his grace. He mutters, he is not worthy. The son is saying, I'm not worthy. But the father pours his best upon him. He forgives, he doesn't mention it. He focuses on him no longer being lost, but living and with him once again. Put a ring on him, feed him the best. Here's a robe, lavishes it upon him. Grace in abundance. And you see in the midst of this passage, the son is preparing to be punished. But the father is planning a party. It's not sombre, it's celebratory. Someone who is lost is now found. You see, God, in all his power and majesty and his nature, is loving and kind and intimate. He loves you this morning. He loves you this morning. He is a loving father. And he is my loving father and your loving father. And when we begin to see and capture uh, that picture and allow us to uh, receive that picture, of, see the truest nature of God as a loving father and begin to picture his loving embrace, his fierce pursuit, his never ending grace. I think that's what will begin to transform our prayer lives. That our prayer lives are one of thankfulness and openness and accessibility and invitation and approachability this is our father who's full of grace who is uh, pursuing us who wants nothing more but to welcome us he is a good good father and there might be some of us this morning who really struggle with this i urge you to dwell on this scripture in luke 15 this week write it down Read it every morning, pray into it. See how extreme the younger son's actions were. This was a major thing, his inheritance, to be captured so early and to do a runner with it, to blow it, to end up to be in the doldrums, but to come back and to see this response. Yet the father didn't mark it on him. The father didn't plot revenge. The father didn't hold it against him. He simply said, welcome home, my son with his arms wide open. My son, my daughter. What if we, when we prayed our father, we pictured whatever our week or our circumstances, or our behavior or our heart condition is. What if we pictured that father running to embrace? What if we pictured that father pouring out his love, his generous love? What have we pictured that father shouting, welcome home, come on in, my son, my daughter.
Because it doesn't, it doesn't just need to be a picture. This is God. This is truth. This is love. And my prayer is that as we look at our Father, and as I come to close, that we would receive a fresh revelation of his love, which is real this morning. And some of us, as I end, uh, need to hear the line, he is interested in you this morning. He is interested in you. Uh, as I come to close, the story's told of a man called Charles Francis Adams. He's a 19th century figure, political figure, or he was uh, a 19th century political figure and diplomat. And he kept a diary. And one day he said this in his diary. I went fishing with my son today. A day wasted. His son, who was called Brooke Adams, also kept a diary, which is still in existence. And on that same day, Brooke Adams said this, went fishing with my father, the most wonderful day of my life. The father thought he was wasting his time while fishing with his son, but the son saw it as an investment of time. God is interested in you this morning. And prayer is never wasted to God, who is for you, who's working on your behalf, even when you can't see it, even when you can't feel it. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. A Father who loves, a Father who sent his Son to die for us, a Father who couldn't bear that separation, a Father who has washed us clean. And it's my prayer that you would know him afresh, be reminded of his love for you, or perhaps for the first time this morning, know his love for you. And perhaps you're sitting uh, this morning, or standing, or doing the dishes, or walking the dog, whatever it is, uh, and you're listening to what I'm saying. I would love to pray that prayer alongside you. If you're watching on our chat platform, platform, if you're watching on our chat platform, can't speak, you can uh, click receive prayer at any point during the service. But also there's a little thing that comes in in terms of responding and giving your life to Jesus. Let me just pray a short prayer. If that's you right now, pray this alongside me. Jesus, I thank you for your love for me. I thank you that you were sent for me to die for me. And God, I thank you for your love, Father God, for me. I thank you for sending your son Jesus to die on a cross because of love for me. Come into my heart, come into my life. I want to live for you and I want to say sorry when my life hasn't been lived for you. This is a new day with a new beginning. And I thank you that because of Jesus, I am washed clean. So I, I pray for the adventure ahead. I pray that you will come into my heart. You will fill me with your presence so I can be more like you. Pray for the week ahead. I want to live for you. In Jesus' name. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, amazing. Well done. And uh, we'd love to get in touch with you. Check out our email. Thanks for listening this morning.